morning, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. It's, uh, it's great to be back up here. It feels like a while since I've been up here, and uh, it feels even weirder to think that it's the last time that I will be. Um, but um, all good things must come to an end, I suppose. And um, I just want to thank you for, uh, for being our church family, uh, for me and Jerry and the kids over this last, it's, it's two and a half years, Tony, where is he? There he is. Two and a half years, mate. Yeah. <laughs> now you're saying it's three. So it's, yeah. Yeah, that's right, exactly. And I was just thinking when he said that before, I was thinking, wow, I could have had six months extra leave. So that's, that's no good, mate. So there you go. You tell me that now, Tony. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it has been a wonderful, a wonderful time this last two and a half years. And, um, Anybody who has actually read the AGM report uh, would have shared with me as I reflected on what has been achieved in that two and a half years. It's been quite remarkable. Um, and I don't take credit for that. I, I certainly think that we've just stepped through the uh, stepped through and being obedient to what Christ has called us to and great things have come from that. And uh, I have no doubt that great things will continue to come forward from this community and from this church and um, certainly wish every blessing on the church as I leave this place. Um, before I do get started, I just wanted to uh, ask Neil O'Hare to come forward. Come forward, Neil. Come on, mate. Come forward. Not fair? Yeah. Just, just in part, I just wanted to let you know that uh, last week, uh, some of the people from Morton Bay Community Matters, myself, uh, attended the Queensland Community Achievement Awards. Uh, we had two nominations for the uh, DSL... Law Community Group of the Year Award, um, so, and uh, also for the Australia Pacific LNG Community Hero Award, and I uh, just wanted to present them to Neil. Neil's been a, uh, a big supporter of what we've been doing in the community space, and I just hope that these uh, awards will continue to spur you on to uh, keep serving our community. So, uh, thanks, Neil. I'm not, I'm not disappointed, but what I really thought it was, was uh, Luke promised me his T-shirt to Morton Bay Matters <laughs> when he's gone. I thought it was going to be it. Washed, I hope. I'm sorry, Neil, you don't have the muscle tone to fill it out, mate. Sorry. <laughs> That's, that's the real reason. I didn't have the heart to tell him, but since he wants to make it public, that's all right. <laughs> I, bet, I think I was up here to do a sermon, wasn't I? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thanks, John. Um, but before I do that, uh, I just wanted to let you know where, where I do go from here. So uh, we will drive out of Brisbane on, Thursday, on Wednesday, sorry, and um, I'll be heading down uh, in the new year to... Uh, the Army School of Electrical and Mechanical Engineers. So um, what really I've been training for this, uh, this past two and a half years is to, uh, in preparation for that. And um, it's, a, it's a massive challenge. It's uh, going down to one of the Army's largest schools, uh, which is spread across essentially two bases uh, at, uh, at Latchford Barracks and also North Bandiana Barracks, um, where I'll be basically ministering to about 120 staff and uh, about 600 trainees at any one time coming through the school. So it's a, it's a massive opportunity. Um, 
where we'll be dealing with uh, a lot of a lot of the problems that we've seen come through here and also some very army specific things so if you continue to pray for me particularly as I come to groups with that new role um, that'd be great so we do do appreciate uh, if you keep us in prayer also Jerry sends her regards uh, from the Middle East um, she's going well over there although I think um, she's just starting to settle in now um, Although she's starting to, to, to miss the kids and uh, so forth. She put that on Facebook, missing my babies. And, um, but I noticed that she didn't say missing my husband. So <laughs> that's, that's all right. Never mind. And anyway, with, uh, with all that in mind, um, I thought it was fitting today to, uh, to speak about something I'm obviously very passionate about, which is, of course, being a soldier for Christ, which you can see on the screen behind me. Does anybody remember this song growing up? Yeah, we might even teach it down there, do we? Yeah, Bill's, Bill's hands up. Yeah, there's, there's some actions that go along with it. Do we have any, uh, anyone keen to demonstrate the actions? Neil, are you keen to come forward again, mate? No? But there are some actions to it. Um, actually goes, I may never march in the infantry, okay. ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery, a fly over the enemy. Yes, sir. I'm the Lord's army. Yes, sir. And it's, it's a cute song that many of us remember quite fondly. Uh, I know my brother still sings it with his son as, uh, as one of his favourites. But has anyone actually thought about what these words actually mean? Anybody? No takers? Because what it actually means, these words, is that when you make the decision to become a Christian, you in fact make a decision to enlist into the Lord's army. Are you aware of that? Because that's what you're doing. Um, I'm hesitant to say that baptism is like an enlistment ceremony, but um, of sorts it is. So what does it take to become a good soldier in the Lord's army? That's what we're going to be talking about this morning. And I just want to share with you five simple points that will be important to you in carrying out your duty in the Lord's army. And the first one is this. A good soldier is a follower. Now, a lot of people bang on a lot about leadership, don't we? And we forget the importance of being a good follower. But in the army, a good soldier is a follower. You see, he knows that he must follow orders. He's got to conform to someone else's will, even if that's contrary to his own. Now, the soldier follows his commander's orders, even if he believes the orders are wrong. He will follow them to the letter. as soldiers of Christ we too are called to be followers because every soldier of God is ranked under Jesus and is responsible for following him and his will for our lives further this when we're in the Lord's army we have the obligation of obeying his orders even unto death just like the good soldier when we refuse to live as the Lord desires then we cross the line from follower to traitor James 4 verse 17 says it is therefore, 
oh, sorry, it says, therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do as does not do it, to him it is a sin. So as good soldiers of Christ, we need to let go of control and allow ourselves to be followers of Jesus for we know it's the right thing to do. And being a follower is not easy. Soldiers endure hardships that they don't want to. Being away from family and friends, dealing with a miserable cold and terrible insect bites outfield. You only do that, not because you're a leader, but because you're prepared to follow. And we too need to remember that this morning, that we are followers. The second point this morning is that a good soldier is also faithful. So he will endure hardships and does not quit. The good soldier realises that there will be trouble along the way, but he is not detoured by them. And he has the distinct understanding that pain may be a part of the process. But he's not swerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty and faith are evident even in the greatest of trials and sufferings. In fact, that's when it comes most to the fore, doesn't it? See, the good soldier seeks only to please his commander by faithfully carrying out his orders or mission and seeks to do his best in whatever circumstances he finds himself in. And he does nothing that would bring disgrace or dishonour to his commander or his uniform. As soldiers of Christ, we need to be faithful and persevere through times of toil and strife, because they will come. And we too need to be seeking to please our commander, Jesus Christ and not do anything that would bring disgrace or dishonour to him. If you ask yourself this morning, are you living a life that brings honour to the Lord? Are you keeping the faith this morning? First Thessalonians 2 verse 12 says, so that you would walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. I'm getting through the points fast because I got told it was cake. So we'll keep going through. Good soldiers swift too. No, that's not one of the points. <laughs> the third point is this, that the good soldier is familiar. Now this is something that's often overlooked. He's familiar with the sound of his commander's voice. And because he is, he's able to instantly recognise the importance of his orders. Because he's not only familiar with his commander's voice, but because he's familiar with his commander as well. Likewise, as Christians, we need to be familiar with our commander's voice, don't we? Jesus Christ. We're able to do this by familiarising ourselves with his word and spending sufficient time with it, with the scripture to become familiar with it. So ask yourself, are you familiar with the sound of your commander's voice? From John 10, verses 3 to 5, it says, To him the doorkeeper opened, opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out when he puts forth all his own he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice a stranger they simply will not follow but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers so it's important to be familiar with our commander 
Do you know that the good soldier, though, is not only familiar with the sound of his commander's voice, but he's also very familiar because he is a master at arms. The good soldier is familiar at utilising his weapons. Now, over the course of 15 years, I've been able to familiarise myself with many different weapon systems. Uh, a few that I can rattle off of the top of my head would be the F-88 Steyr, uh, the Claymore Anti-Personnel Mind, uh, F-1 Grenades, the shotgun, the Browning pistol, uh, the Asbaton, um, and there's a heap more. But the process is always the same, which anybody here that served in uniform would be able to attest. There's training and training, study the tabulated data, go through the routine again and again and again before you actually will use live ammunition. The process is always very thorough. And that's because you're expected to be utterly familiar with your weapon. Nobody wants to forget how to, to dislodge a jam when caught in the middle of a firefight and only then realise, I don't think I studied the weapon closely enough. And submariners as well had the brief stint to go on Collins-class submarine. You know, it takes about 12 months for a submariner to even come close to getting his dolphin badge to become a submariner because he needs to be utterly familiar with every single system on that submarine in order to wear the Dolphin's badge. That's what it takes to become familiar with your weapon. See, the good soldier knows that in times of life or death, kill or be killed, that he's able to de deploy his weapon without a moment's hesitation. And he can only do this if he is familiar with his weapon. We as Christians are constantly under attack. From the outside world as people will seek to discredit us and our beliefs. And we need to know our weapon, which is the Bible. Not only to fend off the enemy, but also to be on guard against false prophets. So ask yourself, how familiar am I with my weapon? It's worth knowing. From Ephesians 6 verses 10 to 18, it tells us, Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth, buckled around your waist with a breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. But no, the soldier is familiar with more than just these two things. You know that he's also familiar with the strategy employed by his enemy. So he keeps guard day and night, watching and waiting to anticipate the enemy's advances. See, as soldiers of Christ, we must do the same and be ever vigilant. For Satan and his followers and false prophets are ever attacking and are all around us. 
but as soldiers of Christ, we're as soldiers of Christ, we're confident that the Lord will not forsake us, and we place our trust in our commander to deliver us from our foes. From Hebrews 13, verses 5 to 6, it says, Make sure that your character is free from love, the love of money, being content what you have, for he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. So that we confidently say, The Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid, what will man do to me? So we can have trust to be delivered from our foes. And lastly, on familiarity, the good soldier is also familiar with the shadow of his friends. Do you know that a soldier is taught the silhouette of his fellow soldiers? Do you know why he might be familiar with that? Because when he approaches in not really good vision, but you can tell the shadow that he makes, you can tell whether he's friendly or foe. It's pretty important. And the good soldier gets familiar with the shadow of his friends. So he cares not only for his own welfare, but for that of his fellow soldiers. He looks out for them because he knows them and they know him. And that's important. It's the same for us as Christians. We're called to look out for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're called to be built up in fellowship and we need to care about our brothers and sisters in Christ because we have taken the time to be familiar with them. See, one of the worst things a soldier can do is fall asleep when it's his turn on guard duty. And I challenge you, don't fall asleep when it's your turn on guard. Galatians 6 verse 2 says, Bear one another's burdens and therefore fulfill the law of Christ. It also tells us in Jesus' commands to us, it says to love God and to love your neighbours as yourself. What you have to ask yourself this morning is how can we possibly do this if we are strangers with one another? Take the time to get familiar with your brothers and sisters in Christ and your fellow soldiers on the cross. My second last point is this. The good soldier is a fighter. So he is determined. He will not run from the battle, but he will stand his ground till the battle is finished no matter the cost. We are called to be, a deter- we are called to be determined as Christians. We must stand tall while the battle rages until the fight is finished. Jesus is our shining example. He fights the good fight from manger to the cross until he himself said, it is finished. The good soldier is driven. He knows that battle does not run according to a timeline, at least not one that he controls. He knows it's in the hands of others how long the battle will rage. But he resolves to do his duty. See, many Christians are easily thrown off course and are only a sermon or a disaster away from quitting on the Lord. I hope this is not the disaster for you. But we must keep on fighting and soldiering on. See, the good soldier is dedicated to keeping his oath regardless of the personal cost. He is determined to live out his promise by living it, sharing it, and defending it. 
we as soldiers of Christ are asked to do exactly the same. To live for our faith, to share our faith, to defend our faith, and most importantly, to embrace our faith. Last point this morning is that the good soldier is a finisher. So you've got to ask yourself, why does the good soldier endure such hardship? Death, injury, illness, isolation. He does so because he has a reason and a purpose for doing so. So he fights because he believes in his cause. He fights not only for himself, but for his friends, his family, his country, people, and their freedoms and liberties. In short, he fights because he believes. We as soldiers of Christ have reason as well. We know the price that was paid by our commander to allow us to take our place in his army. We know that the Lord loves us and that Jesus died to provide salvation for us. We love the Lord and so no price should be too high to pay for us to serve him. But let me tell you the good news. The good news is, is that the good soldier has his reward. So he finishes the battle knowing every good deed that has been done will be rewarded by his commander. There will be a great, there will be a glad day of blessing when the Lord will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Matthew 25 verse 21 says, His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You will faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Do you consider yourself a good soldier of the Lord? If you're anything like me, you'll probably realise that there's areas to improve on. But when your time comes... Will it be said you're a good soldier of the Lord? It can be, but that's up to you. I pray good soldiering to you all.